Well, um, first it started with the Innocent Project. The Innocent Project deals with DNA testing, and um, I had DNA in my case um, from 1977 all the way to 2009. Nothing was done because all the evidence in my case was destroyed in 2005. Um, in 2005, um, the Innocent Project got involved in my case, and then from 2005 to 2007, they could no longer do my case. Um, then the uh, law firm by the name of Wilma Cutler Hair Law Firm in Manhattan got involved in my case, and they did the legwork. And from 2007 to 2008, they could no longer work on my case because of all the evidence that was destroyed, as well as the DNA. And so, but there was one thing that uh, stuck out real good. The arresting police officer who arrested me in 1977 for some unknown reason, um, before he retired, um, he kept my personal files at his house for 18 years. And so then when they went by to see him, um, he gave him the files because he said that he always felt that one day someone would come to talk to him about my case. So he said that I kept this man's files at my house for the last 18 years. They said, are you supposed to do this? He said, no. They said, have you ever kept anyone else's files at the house? He said, no, I have not. He said, the only reason why I kept this man's files because I knew that one day someone would come talk to me about this man's case. And I just felt that, you know, um, something inside me just told me to do that, and I kept it. Do and uh, inside of it was newly discovered evidence. Dewey, had you ever been in prison before this? Uh, yeah, I was arrested for misdemeanors, yes. Oh, okay, but and you had that, not done hard time, right? No. Nah. Uh, and, and the reason why I ask that, because obviously it's got to be a shock to one's system. When when you went into prison and then they closed the door behind you, how did you get through that? It was hard. It wasn't easy. You know, it was like, you know, come on, man, you got to be kidding me. You know, and but my attitude was, you know, I'm going to survive, you know, um, because before this happened to me, I was on uh, Poughkeepsie. I was on Dutchess County uh, baseball team in Poughkeepsie. I was in the Poughkeepsie Journal for playing baseball. Um, I was also going to Floyd Patterson Boston camp, you know, for a few months before this happened to me. So, you know, I didn't, I, you know, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't, you know, uh, scared of how I was going to survive. You know, it was just like, you know, how I'm going to survive 20 years of life. You know, that that was the hard part, you know, life, a life bid. You know, that means, you know, I, you know, they don't have to let me out. So that was kind of difficult. That was the hard part. I was very interested in a response you had to the question, how did you get through it? Your response was, first and foremost, the first thing I did was readjust myself to a positive attitude because I was walking around mad at the world, and I realized the only one I was hurting was myself. I had to make an adjustment with myself, and I did it with boxing. You know, when someone hears that type of statement, it shows an awful lot of of clarity of thought and maturity as well. How did you come up with with that decision to readjust your thinking to a positive one? Well, I got around good people, you know, because my attitude, you know, and the way I was living my my life inside the penitentiary, I was worse in prison than I was out in the streets, you know, because life didn't mean anything to me, you know. And, um, you know, anybody who came up to me or tried to do something to me, hey, they was getting all the hate and anger that was inside of me. And, you know, after I talked to a guy by the name of Sharif, you know, he said, man, listen, man, that's not you. And, you know, it was just something that happened to me that made me, uh, after I hit rock bottom, made me just totally change, you know. Um, I was in keep lock, and a guy was supposed to be my friend. I asked him for something. He said he didn't have it. 
And uh, I told him he's a liar. He had it right there in his pocket. And uh, I don't like asking people for anything. So after that coincidence, you know, I just, I just, you know, took myself to a whole another level. I just said, man, that's it. I'm done. You know, and so I took a negative attitude and turned it into something positive, and I got around good people. And that's when I never made the uh, turn back to uh, being uh, negative again. You certainly did have a real test when you were in Sing Sing because you ran into somebody that you knew who did something very bad to your family. Tell everybody about that. Well, um, first and foremost, in 1977, my brother Ernie was murdered by a guy by the name of Stanley Jackson. And um, when he murdered my brother, uh, I always told myself, you know, especially when I got inside prison, if I ever run into him, I would, you know, I would take him out. Um, but... As time went along inside the penitentiary, I just, you know, I wasn't the same person. So when I got resentenced in 1990, you know, uh